episode here for the 2023 class on this episode i'm going to be breaking down my top 14 wide receivers ranked i'm also going to sneak in some conversation about draft capital one of the least understood concepts but super important especially to the wide receiver position before we jump into the rankings here i want to take a quick moment let folks know if they're watching on youtube please like sub drop a comment it's really helpful if you're listening Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any spot, make sure to leave that five-star review. If you want to get in on the full in-depth profiles for all of these players, full access to my Devi Dynasty and, of course, rookie rankings, over 125 rookies ranked right now, head on over to patreon.com slash rookiebigboard. If you are watching on YouTube here, you could see exactly what you get full access to on all the players, all of the notes that I'm going to be using as I talk through these guys. Without further ado, let's jump into it here. Jackson Smith and Jigbo, wide receiver out of Ohio State, is my current wide receiver one. Now, wide receiver one through five, folks, it is close. All right, you could put these guys in any order and have a legitimate argument. In fact, that's what I want you to do. If you're watching on YouTube, drop it in the comments how you would rank these first five wide receivers. I'm legitimately interested and looking forward to the discourse back and forth on how you would rank these guys. But JSN, for me, is number one. Position rank, wide receiver one. Superflex ADP projection, 105 to 108. So just outside of those top guys, Bijan, Gibbs, the two quarterbacks. All right, that's what I expect to be the first four picks in most drafts. And then we're going to start to get into the wide receiver conversation here between JSN, Addison, QJ, all those guys. So why is Addison, or I'm sorry, why is Jackson Smith and Jigba number one right off the bat? I love his ability to win in the deep field. He separates really well downfield. He's got a large catch radius. JSN is fast off the line of scrimmage and burns downfield when accelerating. Now, don't hear what I didn't say. He's not going to be the fastest guy at the combine, but he gets off the line of scrimmage well. Now, I recognize he's playing against a lot of off coverage, but when pressed, he has the ability to break off those jams. All right, so he burns well, accelerating downfield. That helps him win into the deep field. He consistently finds himself in space. Folks, when wide receivers find themselves in space downfield, that is a huge check mark. Okay, yes, I recognize he's playing at Ohio State. No, I do not care. All right, you look at JSN, 110 receptions, over 1,600 receiving yards, 10 receiving touchdowns, 15.4 yards per reception, 23 career games. Folks, he barely played this season, has had a, 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 a nagging lower body injury that's kept him out for most of the season. So most of those stats, the vast majority of those stats came last season. He was sharing the field with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, two top 15 NFL draft selections. And guess what? JSN was arguably the best wide receiver on the field. If you look at his rookie big board rating compared to where Olave and Wilson finished, 
Right now, JSN is slightly above it. It's the upside, folks. All right, I mentioned that ability to separate downfield. He has fantastic hands. I love the sticky hands. He's hauling in anything on target, off target, a large catch radius. He's 6-0. You would guess he was 6-3 by his ability to go up, get balls, extend his frame. He's a fluid athlete. He wins before the catch. He wins after the catch. My wife, my fantasy football projection for him is wide receiver 1-2, to two, so right on that borderline, eight overall, 14 overall here within the first couple of years. I'm very excited about Jackson Smith and Jigba. All right, wide receiver two here is Jordan Addison. Very close, essentially tied, folks. You have a really good argument if Addison is your wide receiver one. 6'0", 175, four-star guy. Same uh, ADP projection here, 105 to 108. Addison is 10 to 20 overall in my NFL draft projection. So I do actually expect Jordan Addison to go first. Comparing the two, Addison is a little bit more of a finished product. I like JSN's raw athleticism. I think he needs to develop as a wide receiver in terms of his route running ability. And I think JSN needs to be able to show a little bit more versatility around the field. Now, Jordan Addison will probably live in the slot at the next level, but he's a little bit more polished of a route runner. And he does a lot of other things well. So let's start with his speed. He is a speedy wideout. He stretches the field very well. He can also burn in the straight line. Really good hands. Addison is really effective at all three levels of the field. I mentioned JSN is a little bit more effective in the deep field. I'm seeing Addison effective at all three levels of the field, and that's really important because that's versatility. I hate the word scheme versatility. I think it's overused, but when you can win at all three levels of the field, it helps NFL teams see you in their offense a little bit more. So another reason to bump up that draft capital. Good ball tracking ability. Jordan Addison is going to find the ball. If you put it in his vicinity, he's going to go up and get it. He's going to find that ball. He's an athlete. He lined up all over the line of scrimmage for USC. and But they did make a point to feed him at the line of scrimmage. They wanted to get him the ball with his hands, so a little bit of yak ability as well. Now, remember, Addison transferred from Pitt. He won the Belindikoff, the best wide receiver in college football last season and in the 2021 season. Then he goes and transfers to Lincoln Riley's USC offense. Over his college career, 219 receptions, 3,134 receiving yards, 29 touchdowns in 30 games. Folks, a ridiculous stat line. Addison, right now, to put it simple, is a little bit more floor. Out of any of these top five guys, Addison's the floor pick. All right? He's a little bit safer. But I think you have more upside with JSN. And I think you have more upside with this next guy. And that's Tennessee's... Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver 60175, former four-star recruit. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see a graphic that I posted about a week ago. I actually had Josh Downs three, Jalen Hyatt uh, four, and I flipped them. Okay. And that is how much this is changing. It's very close, folks, these guys. But I actually bumped Josh Downs down a little bit. We'll get into that. So when I look at Jalen Hyatt, I'm expecting that ADP projection 109 to 112. So now we're getting into the back half of the first round of your rookie drafts and still a fantastic value. I expect Hyatt to be in the 21 to 50 overall draft range here. So late first round to early day two. All right. So that's where I'm projecting Jalen Hyatt. He's going to go high because he burns. Folks, he is fast and we know speed sells. Justified not, you know, you could go down a, a lot of different options here, but he's more than just speed. He's got a great release off the line of scrimmage. He has good vertical ability. He has nice lateral quick, quickness. He is a reliable target all around the field. All right. I really like the way that he plays and gets uh, space in off coverage, right? So in zone coverage, because 
SEC defensive backs were too afraid of his speed to be able to jam him. Now, NFL DBs will be a little bit more aggressive with that, but still, SEC DBs are the closest we get to NFL DBs, and they were scared to press up against Hyatt because of his ability to release and burn them downfield. So a lot of versatility here, 108 receptions. Pretty much just this season. He kind of came on late last season, but this is pretty much a season worth of stats here. 1,600 1,769 receiving yards, excuse me, 19 touchdowns, 16.4 yards per reception in 29 games. I'm not comparing him one-to-one to Jalen Waddle, but the way he wins, the way that he can affect an offense, the way that his speed allows him to separate does remind me in ways of Jalen Waddle. And the way that he's being undervalued also reminds me of Jalen Waddle, a future wide receiver, two, three border right there. So think about the teens, right? 16 overall, 20 overall, a really good fantasy football contributor over the next few seasons. All right, Josh Downs, wide receiver out of the University of North Carolina here, 5'10", 180, so a little smaller here, four-star prospect. This guy has been on the top of the NFL draft radar for a while. He's a Debbie darling. He broke out early in his college career. So if that's something that's important to you, that is absolutely the case for Josh Downs. Key stats here. 202 receptions, 2,483 receiving yards, 22 touchdowns, 12.3 yards per reception, and 28 games for the Tar Heels. Josh Downs has been the University of North Carolina offense. All right, the past two years at least, he is the passing game here. He accelerates well downfield. He's a fluid athlete. He accelerates well, or he's elusive after the catch. He consistently creates space, and you have to love Josh Downs' hands. Now, Downs, I knocked just a little bit here and a little adjustment here just based off his fantasy football projection, trying to project legitimate volume for him. I have him going in that 25 to 50 overall range. So without knowing the landing spot, I do have some concern that he will be pigeonholed a little bit more into the slot than a guy like Jalen Hyatt, than a guy like Jordan Addison, right? And that could lower volume. It doesn't mean it will, but still, Josh Downs, a very good wide receiver prospect here. Now, I know what you're saying to yourself If you are a fan of Quinton Johnston, you are probably yelling at the podcast, yelling at your YouTube screen right now because you probably wanted him to be talked about first, second, third, fourth, but here he is fifth. And like I mentioned, folks, put him in any order you want. You have a good argument here, but Quinton Johnston is just coming in at five. 6'4", 193. All right, you could already tell the big difference here. Quinton Johnston, compared to all the other wide receivers that we've talked about so far, he's the big man, okay? He has boundary presence. He has the ability to dominate. Four-star prospect, or four-star recruit, I should say. He combines that big man size with acceleration and boundary presence. It's a dangerous combination of traits. I understand why fantasy football managers are excited, and you should be because he can be dangerous after the catch. He shows the ability to shake defenders one-on-one. He maintains good contact balance with the ball in his hands. And that larger frame makes it easy for him to extend on off-target passes. So if you're watching TCU live, if you're watching Highlight Reel, you're probably just, just so enthusiastic about QJ here. But here are my concerns, all right? So all of those are legitimate upside, legitimate reasons to be excited. My concerns here and why he's at five and not at one It's a basic route tree. That doesn't really bug me too much here, but you're really just seeing him run curls, drags, vertical routes. Again, not the worst thing ever. What I struggle with here is inconsistency. You see inconsistent effort here really throughout his tape. I mean, he was completely ignored for the first month of the season. 
which I think was very odd. He was healthy. He was out there. He was not producing. If you look at his hands in 2021, his hands were inconsistent. Lots of drops on his tape. In 2022, you see his routes getting jumped a lot. I mean, his routes are getting jumped by defensive backs, you know, four or five inches shorter than him. That's an effort thing. All right. So there's mental drops, there's concentration drops, there's routes getting jumped. And I know for some folks, you're saying, well, the upside far outweighs those concerns. And if that's the route you want to go down, absolutely. But those are hesitations that come up for me. And I do have his NFL draft projection as 10 to 20 overall. So if you're saying he's going to go higher than a guy like Josh Downs, how could you have him ranked lower? It's because of those concerns. You have to balance upside with concerns, especially at the wide receiver position, there's so much that can affect the way that that uh, a wide receiver is able to or not able to produce at the next level. So this is a good transition here to take a moment to talk about draft capital. So draft capital, when we're looking at it, it's really important to think about it in this way. And I do it a little bit different than other folks. So I put them into buckets. And again, if you're on patreon.com slash rookie big board, you're looking at the rookie big board. You can actually go in and see the different draft capital uh, buckets that I have. The first one is day one early. That's one to 10. All right. That's a top 10 selection. If you're being drafted in the top 10 as an offensive player, the idea is that that team clearly needs you as a bottom 10 performing team. That team clearly needs you to go out and perform and be an immediate asset to the team, which comes in terms of volume. And whenever there's volume, there's fantasy football potential and there's fantasy football productions. Folks, we're always chasing volume at the end of the day. The next bucket I have is day one mid. That's picks 11 to 20. And that 20 number is really important. I'm going to talk about why. All right, so picks 11 to 20. That is still a player that is generally considered through NFL scouting circles as a first-round draft pick, okay? So picks 1 through 20, you know, those first two buckets, those are players that are considered first-round draft picks with the guys in 1 to 10 getting a little bit of a bump because they're clearly higher-priority picks. All right, so why am I going? To, why am I putting that stop at the twenty and not thirty-two, right? Because there's thirty-two picks in most first rounds. Not this year because the Dolphins forfeited, so it'll be thirty-one first-round picks. But in a normal year, there's thirty-two first-round picks. All right, so on a normal year in NFL scouting circles, there is not thirty-two players that are considered first-round talents. Most years, there's somewhere between sixteen and twenty-two are 16 and 24 first round talents, right? These are guys that are across the community graded generally with consensus as players worth a first round draft pick. All right. In no year are there 32 guys. There will be 32 guys that end up getting drafted in the first round, but not with first round grades. So why would I in my system reward a player going 32 overall if they are not somebody who's been graded as a first round draft pick? So, uh, that's why I put the stop there at 20 because every year it's a little different, right? Like on a stronger year, it might be 22 guys that are considered first round picks on a weaker year, 18, but we can't always project those things ahead of time, right? Uh, because I'm not sitting there, you know, talking to NFL scouts, right? Uh, so, but that is the general approach. That's the way NFL front offices approach the process. And I try to mirror that here in my process. So the next bucket players get put in is 21 to 50, because after a first round grade, the next grade that scouts will generally put players in is a top 50 pick. Top 50 pick is still considered a really impactful player, an immediate starter for an NFL offense, right? And again, immediate starter, what does that mean? That means volume, folks. We will chase it. We will chase the volume as much as possible. After that, 
It's 51 to this year, 102. It's 51 to however many picks are remaining in day two. Day two are rounds two and three. All right, that in the past historically for fantasy football terms has been that that golden number, all right? That has meant there's legitimate value in those picks. Those guys have a higher hit rate over the last couple of years. But for me, I do not care if you are pick 55 or you are pick a 102. It's the same level of investment from an NFL front office. Okay, now at the next bucket we'll get into, and these are guys that we won't actually see until the part two wide receiver episode, but the next bucket we'll get into is rounds four and five, so early day three, and then the final bucket is rounds six and seven, which is late day three. We'll talk more about it next episode, but do not write off day three players. I hope over the last few years we have learned as a community in fantasy football to not write off those day three guys. But I wanted to give you a little bit of an overview of draft capital. Draft capital is an important thing. It's not the only thing, but it does influence the way that I grade these players. However, you can see that if my tape eval offsets that, that draft capital, then it's not necessarily a clean way that I look at my rankings. All right, let's jump back into it here from that little aside, and we will talk about Cedric Tillman, the wide receiver out of the University of Tennessee, 6'3", 215, three-star player, three-star recruit. Now, Cedric Tillman has a little bit of a wild recruiting uh, process. Let's make sure I can get this right. So Tillman's going through, he's playing at Bishop Gorman, which is a huge prep school. And for whatever reason, my man is not getting looks. So he basically ends up uh, getting seen by the brother of a then University of Tennessee assistant coach. The brother uh, does not have scholarships for him, but he tips off the Tennessee coach. The Tennessee coach hits up Tillman, doesn't actually offer some scholarship, but establishes that connection very late in that recruiting process. Tennessee loses a scholarship player to a late flip. They're able to give Tillman a, an offer, I believe, on signing day. Tillman ends up coming to Tennessee. He had lower Division II offers. All right, I'm, I'm thinking, I think it was like UNLV or Nevada or, or a smaller school. He ends up coming to Tennessee. It takes a little while, but he breaks out onto the scene, 6'3", 215. So if you want a big man and you're not interested in QJ, Tillman could be your guy. Superflex ADP projection 201 to 204, NFL draft projection 21 to 50. So that draft capital I just talked about, right? Cedric Tillman, we're talking about a player that I expect NFL teams will expect will be on the field day one contributing to an offense. Good vertical ability, boundary threat, plays really well along the boundary with good body control. That's a trait folks don't talk about. But when a big man plays with good body control along the sideline, that gives him significant upside. Think Michael Pittman, right? Remember going through the process, that was something I really liked about Michael Pittman and a reason that he jumped up my process. Wins at the catch point, he's a physical wideout. He battles for the ball. Compare that to a guy like QJ who's going to use his athleticism to go up and get the ball. Tillman's going to be physical with his handwork. He's going to battle for body positioning, and he's going to go up and win those jump balls. That, to me, is a little bit more reliable. 109 receptions, over 1,600 receiving yards, 17 touchdowns in 24 games for the balls. All right, next up is Parker Washington. Parker Washington is just going to fly under the radar. I've accepted it, but I'm going to soak up that value here. 5'10", 212, four-star prospect. He's wide receiver seven for me here, 205 to 208. So now we are in the mid-second round, and there are still wide receivers that I'm excited about. And here he is, 51 to 102. So he's in that back end of day two bucket. I don't care if he goes 55. I don't care if he goes 102. He's a twitchy athlete. He has sharp footwork. All right, he wins downfield, effective after the catch, 
And Parker Washington flashes some really reliable hands. He can play well at all three levels of the field. I really like when I can talk about a player being twitchy and winning downfield and he's 212 pounds. All right. So he's got that nice physicality to him. You know, Penn State has had a really nice run of wide receivers over the last few years, but they've been smaller, right? Like Jahan Dotson, who, of course, I was very high on last year, 100% rookie exposure. That's working out well. Parker Washington, he plays in a similar way to Jahan Dotson, but he plays with a little bit more meat on his bones. All right. So he's a fun player to watch. I have him in that wide receiver two, three range uh, as well. So we're talking about now guys in that, you know, um, the two, three range, 20 wide receiver, 20 overall to 26 overall, anywhere, you know, kind of in that range all the way down to 36 overall. All right. Jumping up here, Marvin Mims. I just can't shake Marvin Mims. All right. Wide receiver eight for me mid second round pick. I think this is going to be somebody who just isn't super sexy on film, but he comes through the NFL draft process process. He gets higher draft capital than folks expect 5'11, 177, four star prospect, super productive for the Sooners, 121 receptions, 2,321 yards, 20 touchdowns in 36 games, folks, 19.2 yards per reception. You could credit that to the Oklahoma passing attack, but remember he played under two different head coaches and two different offensive coordinators there uh, with, you know, particular emphasis here on this past year, sticky hands separates. Well, he separates very well. I challenge you to go, and Marvin Mims, Marvin Mims' tape, you can watch three games, you can watch four games. Give me five routes where he's not, you know, three to five yards away from his uh, his, his defensive back or, or, you know, whoever's assigned to him. Clean route runner, very clean route runner, works really well through traffic. I like when my wide receivers are comfortable working over the middle of the field, comfortable working through traffic, can catch a ball, get popped, hold on to it, especially when you're 177. If you're coming in at buck 77, and you need to be able to hold on to that ball if you're going to get popped. He's not just a slot guy. He plays downfield. It's, it's a really nice projection here for Marvin Mims. I'm talking about my wide receiver nine, and I'm going to tell you I'm talking about one of my favorite wide receivers. I tweeted out earlier today my Puka Nakao hype. I'm planting my flag. Late second round ADP projection right now in Superflex rookie drafts. I expect that to go up. Four-star prospect. Nobody's talking about him. Originally at Washington was underutilized like everybody else under that poor pass coaching staff. Transfers to BYU. And, folks, I got to say, he was on my radar. I watched him live, and when I went in and watched that tape, I was still surprised with just how excited I was about Puka. Okay, ready? Wins off the line of scrimmage. Nice first step. Love when my guy is 6'1", 210, and has a nice release. Works really well along the sideline. His straight line speed complemented by lateral quickness, sticky hands, the ability to go up and make big plays, great body control along that sideline. Remember I mentioned earlier, I love when my big men along the sideline have that body control. He just wins. He just wins in contested catch situations, all right? He puts his body in a position to win. That body positioning is really critical. That's effort, all right? And that's consistency. And Puka definitely brings that to the game. He works really well in traffic. Here's what's fun. Here's what brings this fantasy football upside that could easily raise him above wide receiver nine if we get some, you know, even better draft capital than I'm projecting. He gets the ball behind the line of scrimmage. He takes run. He takes handoffs. He has five rushing touchdowns. He's a physical runner. He has good field vision. He displays some elusiveness. Folks, I'm just going to keep saying it. There's going to be Debo Samuel comps. 
All right. And that's going to get folks excited. So don't be surprised if he ends up with an ADP closer to the top of the second round compared to the back of the second round. 107 receptions, 1,749 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns, 16.3 yards per reception, and five rushing touchdowns. Again, that's playing with two teams, but most of that production here coming with BYU. All right. Charlie Jones, wide receiver 10 for me. Charlie Jones is somebody that I've hyped up as a sleeper and I had him down here at wide receiver 10. I wanted to push him up. I tried to push him up, but I couldn't get him ahead of Marvin Mims. I couldn't get him ahead of Puka because I'm so excited, but Charlie Jones separates really well. He has fast feet. You're going to be surprised with how well Charlie Jones runs. He might be one of the five fastest wideouts here in this year's class, but he's coming in at 60188. Just a two-star recruit. Jones started off at Buffalo, transferred to Iowa, and then transferred again to Purdue. The third time was the jar because at Purdue, he racked up the vast majority of his 149 receptions, 2,000-plus receiving yards, 18 receiving touchdowns, 14 yards per reception. Uh, but he did play in 46 games over the course of those five seasons at three different schools. So you're bringing a little bit of a veteran presence here that might scare some folks off, but it also can definitely be an upside. He extends his frame well. He plays bigger than 6-0 wins at all three levels of the field. A lot to like about Charlie Jones, somebody who might be, you know, a little bit more in that wide receiver 30 to 36 overall range. And when I say, by the way, my fantasy football projections, you know, 30 to 36 overall, I'm not saying absolutely year one. I'm not saying week one of year one. I'm saying over the course of the first couple seasons here, that's kind of where he's going to land consistently as a fantasy football player. So, you know, over 10 guys here that I'm considering to be you know, worthy of that fantasy football relevancy. And we're going to keep going here because we have more players to talk about. And it starts with Rashi Rice, 6'1", 189, three-star guy out of SMU. And I know that there are folks that are very high on Rice. And I know there are folks that are going to leave me comments on here that tell me he needs to be way higher. And I agree because if you're looking at the rookie big board rating as we're going through these slides, it's very close. All right, and you don't even have to know what that rating means. The patrons do, but you don't need to know what that means. Just know there's not a ton of separation between these guys. You know, we easily could be talking in four months and have Rice at six and, you know, a guy like Parker Washington at nine. I don't think he'll drop, but you know what I'm saying? It's so close that it's absolutely within the same tier, within the same buckets. That's why I'm trying to give you ADP projections to help you kind of conceptualize these guys in groups. And Rice is definitely in a group here with Charlie Jones and the next couple of guys that we're going to be talking about. Right, 6'1", 189. He wins contested balls. It's really the highlight of his game. He's an athletic wideout. All right, he has fluidity from being 6'1". You really love to see that. He has great ball tracking. All right, if you throw it in the range of rights, he's going to go up. He's going to get it. But he doesn't do his work or uh, exclusively, I should say, before the catch because he's also able to shake some guys. He's able to scrap out extra yards after the catch. I use the word tenacious in his TB Val. He's tenacious. He shows a desire to scrap through the end of the play. Big producer here. He has been the heart of the SMU offense. And by the way, SMU folks, they've produced some wide receivers over the last couple of years. James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, uh, Danny Gray. All right, they've been producing wide receivers, and folks haven't really been paying attention. But 233 receptions, 3,100 and 11 receiving yards, 3,000 folks plus receiving yards. All right, I'm just going to repeat that one. 25 receiving touchdowns, 13.4 yards per reception in 42 games. All right, experience, production, athleticism, a lot to like about Rashi Rice out of SMU. On to Rakeem Jarrett, wide receiver 12 here. Back end of the second round, rookie ADP, Rakeem Jarrett, 60200. If you compare his production to some of the other guys we've talked about, you might question why he's in this group. 119 receptions, 1,500 receiving yards, 10 touchdowns, 13 yards per reception, and 28 games for the Terps. All right, University of Maryland. 
five-star recruit, chose to stay home, chose to stay close, could have gone anywhere in the country. Rakeem Jarrett is an athletic freak. He's going to go to the combine, and his ADP is going to skyrocket. You might not be talking about Rakeem Jarrett now, but after Indianapolis, you will be talking about Rakeem Jarrett. He is an impressive athlete. All right, he's fluid. He's twitchy. He works all the way around the field. Now, he is quicker than he is fast, so I'm not telling you that he's going to go to the combine and run a 4-3-40 or anything like that, but he has great footwork. His speed allows him to work through post routes with success, run through drag routes with success. He's got nice out routes with ease, so he doesn't do everything, but what he does do, he does well. Reliable hands reacts really well to the ball in midair. All right, they gave him targets near the line of scrimmage. You can see that yards per reception is a little bit low. He displayed elusiveness. He displayed the ability to gain yards after the catch. I think the NFL uh, draft is going to be friendly to him. I think NFL front offices will like him. I think fantasy football players will like him. Ania Smith, 5'10", 193 star guy out of Texas A&M, wide receiver 13 here. So it's Ania Smith, and I got one more guy, and you're going to want to hang around because that guy, I had to push him up into the show because I wanted to talk about him. Back end of uh, of day two of the NFL draft, 51 to 102 is my draft projection for him. Fast, 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 fast. Burning fast, Ania Smith is going to make an argument for being one of the fastest runners here. Consistent hands, really nice yak upside, good short area quickness. He's elusive, 127 receptions over 1,600 uh, receiving yards, 17 receiving touchdowns, 12.7 yards per reception, and 37 games for the Aggies. I mentioned his speed, but I don't want to just pigeonhole him into just that. All right, He has fluidity, he has consistent hands, he can track the ball well. He is good at hauling in balls thrown off target, which he had a lot of practice with playing at Texas A&M over the last couple of years. And he doesn't overpower physically, but he does hold on through contact and he is a willing blocker. So he plays, you know, for being 190 and running fast, he does have legitimate muscle on him. And we got to finish up here with Xavier Hutchinson. And I had to make sure he was in this one because he finishes out this category that I have of future wide receiver two, three. So all 14 guys that I've talked about in this episode, I'm projecting over the course of the next you know few years to have fantasy football relevancy around wide receiver three or higher which is significant and it should be it should really give you an emphasis on how I feel about this wide receiver class but Xavier Hutchinson is somebody that I've just kind of you know taken for granted I've thrown him to the side over the last couple of years I've seen him produce live and I've always just said that's the Iowa State offense he's just soaking that up even put on some summer scouting eval on him wasn't super impressed and went back and watched this tape, and I flipped my tune. I was definitely impressed with what I saw from Xavier Hutchins' 2022 tape. I saw a reliable target. I saw a sharp skill set here compared with a large frame, okay? Um, 6'3", 210. The YouTube graphic is wrong. He's 6'3", 210, so he has a large frame here. Really nice hands, displays the ability to catch any pass thrown his way. He extends his frame well, has great ball tracking ability, covered up some poor QB play over the course of his Iowa State career. He creates space off the line of scrimmage, and he is physical downfield. All right, he creates space with physical handwork and convincing footwork. He isn't a burner, but he's fast enough, and he does display an impressive level of quickness. All right. Now, he could be played out wide. He could be played in tight. Iowa State moved him all around, and he beat defenses with whatever he was asked to do. Runs a nice curl route, good body positioning, aggressive to box out defensive backs. If they give him a step, he's going to take advantage of it. Works really nice out routes, good drag routes in the short field, and he is very comfortable beating defenders over the middle on those post routes into the deep field. A lot to like about Xavier Hutchinson. A lot to like about this entire 2023 wide receiver class. I will be back at it with a part two episode. Folks, there is a lot 
a lot to like about being a part of the Rookie Big Board community. Head on over to patreon.com slash rookiebigboard for just $3 a month. You get access to my full rankings profiles. You can compare that to my Debbie rankings, Dynasty rankings. They all translate across. You can see exactly where this rookie class compares to the current NFL players access to the discord and you can save 15 percent if you sign up for an annual membership now is the time to get in on it patreon.com slash rookie big board as always i appreciate you checking out this episode of the rookie big board